welcome back to Mrs. King's Chronicles, a podcast for the fans of the television hit Scarecrow and Mrs. King. I am Taya Johnston, and I am joined by my fellow podcasters and good friends, Lexi Fema and Jen Peterson. And we are joined with one of our favorite people, and that is Greg Morton, who played Jamie King on the series. Hey, hey. <laughs> we will be discussing all things Scarecrow related, but also getting into some philosophical questions and uh, uh, picking his brain on on some SMK trivia and, and things like that. Um, so uh, stay tuned. <laughs> so stay yeah, tuned. <laughs> And we're done. Twelve, two, twelve minutes in. <laughs> yeah, well, we're finally at this that end of the season. So at the end of the series, I should say, coming up here, we're we're going to be we, after today. We'll have four episodes left, and then wow. that's it. Yeah, it's crazy. It, when we first started. When we first finished the first, when we finished the first episode, we're like, okay, we have only, we have one in the can, eighty-seven more to go, and then we're thinking, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's we have four left after today, so That's crazy. crazy, it is crazy, and you've been yeah. with us for many, many. You've been with us every season. You've been such a trooper. That's what I was talking about. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that you're you're crazy for coming in. What did you call it? The zoo? I forget. The zoo. Yeah, the zoo. Yeah. Well, knowing what I know now, I might not have started <gasps> back with the 87. Wow. That's well, harsh. Well, done, Jen. Oh, well, I probably would have, but I mean, you just don't know. And you know, obviously, I'm not going to like abandon uh, away, but it's a, it's a, it's a tiny bit for me, and you have a lot more time. Yeah. I was going to say, if you felt you were, if you felt overwhelmed, oh my goodness, at least you didn't have to edit. That's all I have to say. My kids are slowly moving down the house now a little bit. So, yeah, it's got easier. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I, I think we've gotten better at it, you know, at, at juggling yeah, yeah. all of it. But Probably. Yeah. So, Greg, thank you for coming one final time and, and helping us close out the series. It's always fun when we were all, you know, we're we're getting to the end and we were all getting like, oh, can't wait for this to be over. But we're all like, oh, yeah, we get to do one with Greg. <laughs> so that's that's nice. Yeah. That's a bright spot. Thank you for giving yeah. us something to look forward to. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. And thank you for having me, actually. I'm excited that you ladies are doing this. And um, it's been a lot of fun to listen to, a lot of fun to be a part of. And so I'm a little sad that you guys are ending it, but um, you had a great run. This is exciting. Yeah, I think we're we're all kind of excited just not to have all this work to do. But I think coming into it you know when we finish up we're going to be kind of sad because we like we like each other genuinely like each other so it's it'll be sad not to have like like a our book club if you will um going forward so we might have to have little parties after (laughs) just unrecorded instead of talking with the friends about a genuine you know shared interest and that's right um just not everything that goes that goes into putting it out for for public uh consumption <laughs> right right and just having that always every other week always having to have you gotta edit you gotta you gotta come up with questions you gotta post yeah it's, it's hard work and now imagine for the people who put on the television show oh my gosh we can you know there's that's why there's hundreds and hundreds of people that that work on those on those products because you know it, it takes it takes a lot of people to put stuff out and to put it out in the time frame that they have so in the quality um, too yeah for sure yeah. yeah and especially back then i mean the technology back then was so different than the, what we have now and right it's just that's amazing that's why they get paid the big bucks no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right, crazy Greg? <laughs> <laughs> craig's like yeah no <laughs> Yeah, he was listed I, last remember Jen he was last on the they saved the best for last everyone else very last and, and hey you know that's what the, that's like a special thing a lot of people actors request that to have and you know right. the last name so you it, got it, it, it oh, I was ahead of my time you were you were groundbreaking 
Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I will ask the first fun question. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like actor studio time, Greg. Who determines that these are fun questions? Oh, well, we'll ask you at the end if you felt they were. <laughs> yeah. That's a good answer, too. Yeah. I like that. But yeah. they are they are a mix of like some more fun question. There's some philosophical and then there's some S and K ones too. So yeah. it should be good. Should be a good mix. Yeah. You can let us know your favorite at the end. Yeah. All right. All right. First one. What kept you busy during the pandemic? Uh school really and, and work. So I work in government right now and um, you know, thankfully we were really busy throughout the whole pandemic. I work in government communications, so um, a lot of it was, I've, I've worked a lot of overtime the past couple of years, uh, a lot of uh, weekends and nights, um, trying to communicate uh, public health messages um, to the community. And uh, we started uh, broadcasting all of our public meetings um, on uh, online, we were doing it via Zoom, so um, that required, you know, kind of my expertise. That that kind of fell into my lap. Um, so I've been I've been working a lot with uh, council members and politicians and local community leaders, and so that that's kept me really busy. And then before the pandemic started, I was in my master's program. Uh, I'd always wanted to get my master's degree, and then uh, right smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, really, in 2020, um, I graduated and then decided Yay. that I would pursue my doctorate. So, uh, that's awesome. I'm so proud of him. I feel like a proud sister or something. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, the master's was, was a lifelong goal. Um, my dad had, has always been the, the yardstick of which I've measured myself against, and he had his master's degree. and. Um, you know, I was just sad that he wasn't around to, to see me graduate, but, um, I, I found a master's program that would have taken me into a doctorate if that was something that I wanted to pursue. And, and when I was failed and really, um, even before I started, uh, my wife, Sandra and I were talking and, and the master's program was two years and the, the doctorate program is four years. And when I started the master's program, I said, I'm just going into it with the mindset that I'm going to be in school for the next six years. So, um, I took a little bit of time off in 2020 after I graduated and, uh, and then in September, um, started right back up with my doctorate. So I'm just shy of two years into the doctorate program and, uh, it, things have been going really, really 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 well as you guys saw with the brain model yes that's right you know, a lot of interesting stuff and uh yeah i'm really excited about it so i've actually been really really busy um time has flown by for me during the past two years which is kind of odd um but i'm thankful that my wife is healthy that my kids are healthy and um and then i have a, a a job and a career that, that keeps me busy. So I've been, I've been very, very blessed. That's awesome. And that we will have two doctors now then in the, in our MKC family, because Jen, Jen's got her doctorate. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Jen, you, have, you have a doctorate? Yeah. Yeah. She's a and, scientist. Um, and toxicology. Okay. Environmental toxicology, basically. Yeah. Oh, so. I didn't, did yeah. I know? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I kind of started out in biology and ecology, and then I went on to get my PhD in toxicology, which is sort of poison of environmental systems and food webs, and yeah. probably the same stuff that you're talking about, conveying public health messages. We also, we support our health department in, in you know, in conveying message of public health to chemicals in the environment, but also, you know, natural uh, pandemic-related type of messages, or algae blooms, or, you know, from contamination to natural occurrences. So um, it, sounds, it sounds like you might be doing something similar to what, what I work in, but what, what do you want to do when you're done with your- uh, So I actually start, um, I actually start uh, my discipline classes in September and I'm going to pursue a crisis and trauma psychology. Oh, wow. That's and awesome. I'd like to pursue, um, I have some background in emergency medicine. Um, I studied, I was an EMT for a short period of time a number of years ago. 
Um, I have some emergency communications uh, training, some emergency search and rescue training. And so that's kind of like the field that I'd, I'd like to pursue. In fact, the class, I'm in a prep class right now for my doctoral project. And uh, we're, we're kind of just touching on, on what the doctoral project will be. And uh, emergency preparedness, the psychology of, of emergency preparedness is, is the topic that, that I'll be pursuing. And so I, I'd like to work with our, our local law enforcement agencies, our local first responder agencies, um, work with people in, in trauma and, and crisis situations, uh, mass casualty incidents, things like that. Um, and then I've always wanted to, to um, join a search and rescue team. And so I think that that's something that I'd, I'd like to pursue once I'm done with the doctor as well. That sounds like it just melds so much into your life. That's, you know, because you love hiking and... Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the thing is that I was, you know, uh, my dad always said, study what you, you know, what you're passionate about. And, and I am passionate about um, emergency preparedness and, and making sure that people are taking care of each other. And, and so that's kind of, of what I want to do. But and, and working in government um, are, you know, we work with a lot of different agencies that are uh, experts, content experts, you know, like our, the Los Angeles County Public Health Department, we work really closely with them to get the messaging out. And uh, those are the professionals, Jennifer, like, like you, that, that know about pandemic uh, issues or, or know about medical health issues. And, you know, it's, it's been helpful, the education that I've had over the past few years, where I'm not a content expert per se, in the the biology or the chemistry of all that my training is still allows me to understand and comprehend a lot of the the foundational um aspects of those sciences and be able to interpret that then and communicate that with the general public so um that's a hard job (laughs) it really is i mean trying to boil down something that's very complex you know, scientifically into a message that can be accepted (laughs) emotionally and from all audiences. Uh, It it takes a lot of work. Right. It does. And it's a challenge, but it's a challenge I enjoy. And, um, you know, like I said, I I care that that people are are healthy and protected and, and are prepared for the uh, disasters or the emergencies that are out there. And so um, not, you know, I, I spent the first part of my career uh, after I graduated from high school in transportation and warehousing. And, you know, it's a, it's a noble profession, but um, it, it didn't, it never really satisfied me uh, that I was doing good for. Didn't for fulfill people. you. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, this um, last few years, almost the last decade that I've been working in government, um, you know, it presents its own challenges. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a government guy uh, necessarily. Um, there's a lot of frustration there that I think a lot of my colleagues feel. But I'm lucky that um, I, I really enjoy my job. I love my job. I get, I get to be creative. Um, I get to use my graphic design skills. Um, I do a little bit of filmmaking and, and marketing and, and things like that. And uh, and then there's a whole emergency side of it. I work really closely with our, our police department. I get called out when there's an emergency in the city. And, and so there's a there's a really fun aspect of what I do. And and so this this education the past few years that I've been pursuing kind of fits right in with all that. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I can just picture the people like that you'd be helping. It just to have somebody that's so so personable and comforting. You know what I mean? You make, you put people at ease. So I think that that's, key, you know, the first key to that kind of a situation is having somebody who's not going to uh, exacerbate the, the the problem and, and cause more chaos and, and, and is more of a calming nature. I think that'll be good. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Most people wouldn't describe me that way. They, you are. I'm, you are. You I'm put people at ease quickly. <laughs> no, not at all. Please. Okay. So now we're going to throw a uh, and more SMK related question to you. Okay. Sure. Who do you think would have followed in their mom and stepfather's footsteps, Jamie or Philip, and why? <laughs> I've always fashioned myself as a James Bond type. 
So, I don't know. I think probably Philip. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think that um, the the character was, um, I think whatever family was doing, that's what Philip would be doing. Mm. You know? Okay. He was kind of like, okay, this is the family business. This is what we're going to do. And Jamie was more, I mean, just the episode that, that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Jamie was more of, you know, I've got, I've got my own set of ideas about how things should be. So, um, yeah, I think that he would probably rebel a little bit about, about doing something like that. Mm-hmm. And then eventually probably get folded back into the family business and um, more on the like analytical that. side maybe yeah 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 i think philip seemed like they kind of portrayed him as more the athletic you know not the book smart kind of so i could see that being more of a physical piece to it being more like in the field that way but i also see that like jamie was very analytical so more of an analyst and and uh kind of on the inside but still could be doing so I think either way you could you could make yeah. a case. I think. What we're looking for is nerd. <laughs> no, not anymore. It's cool to be a nerd now. You know, back when we were in high school, <laughs> being a nerd was bad. But now it's like that I, means you're I super smart and you're going to own a, a a company. You know, a multi million dollar company when you're older. <laughs> yeah, it still is bad when you're in high school. But yeah, after that, okay. Then, yeah, I haven't been in high I school in many many moons, <laughs> so I don't <laughs> well, know. I'm a, I'm a freshman. My son's a freshman, so yeah, I don't think... I don't... I think you've got to have the right friends. It depends on the friend group, because if there's a bunch of them together, and you all have, again, that share common interest, yeah. like, it doesn't really matter. You can you let know, your freak yeah, flag fly, and it doesn't it's matter. This, it's the lone wolves. That's that's who have a little bit of the rough time. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Absolutely. And Lexi would know she's... It hasn't that long out since she's been in high school. <laughs> it's getting longer every year. <laughs> Really? I didn't like either one. I was never a school person. I I did well in college. You know, I I was fine there. Uh, I just I wanted to do. I didn't want to learn about things. I wanted to do them. You know what I mean? I just like college. I liked being in that environment. I liked the social aspects and things like that. Learn. Like I just liked. I just like being on a college campus too. Like there's something about it just draws me. I always look forward to going back. Are you going to pursue a master's? Yeah, probably. I Eventually. just. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't I either. Do. And I have less time to look forward to <laughs> than you do. Yeah. <laughs> well. Lexi, I was forty. Well, I was I was thirty years old when I pursued my bachelor's degree. I was forty years old when I pursued my master's degree. I was actually older than forty when I pursued my master's. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I got my bachelor's much later in life. Yeah. I luckily I don't feel pressured to, other than probably internally. Like I have that goal set up. I know I want to. It's just and that's all you, you know. That's the best yeah. is to have it internally and not somebody else forcing you to do something. Yeah. I had so many people, you know, mentoring people throughout my career where they're like, oh, I'm an, I, they just graduated from, from college and they're like, I'm going to start my master's. And I'm like, well, you haven't even done anything yet. How do you know what you want to do? You know, you're going to get this master's in whatever it might be, but how do you know what you really want to focus in on? You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like maybe yeah. work in your job and, and start your master's in the evening and, and, get into some of the classes to see but then you're having this work experience so that you can see what you really are more drawn to instead of you know oh yeah I have a master's in let's say HR development or something like that but you realize oh you know I really don't care for that I really am more interested in the management side of things so you should have been getting an MBA instead you know what I mean right right and and the benefit of doing that is maybe your company will pay for it there too. you go look at us we sound like a bunch of recruiters or something <laughs> yes 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 yeah um okay so kind of similar to this question if jamie had become or followed along with the family business what do you think his spy cover story would be well i mean probably the whole independent film something or other you know, I mean, the International Film Federation, is that what it is? It Not used to be. It was so. that, and then it was International Film Fed, yeah, or film, what is it? I've... Wow. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, Tana, who is this? Who is well, because they had it in the in the beginning, the first episode that was International Film Federation, and then it was, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it was what? And then film. <laughs> film. <laughs> All right, where's my SMK card? I got to give it back now. Apparently. <laughs> it's still. In the episode that I watched today, it was still IFF. It, it is IFF, but the, the bottom F, the second F, stood for something else. Okay. That's why. We'll just... Why? They changed the name, like, halfway through? No, not how. It was from the beginning, like, in the early in oh. the early part. Huh. We'll call it. I'll remember it, and I just can't remember it. It'll come to you. No, it'll it'll be on the sign. We'll see it on the sign in the episode. Yeah, something, along, something along that line, you know, like... I don't know, producer, director, actor. So you think he'd keep the <laughs> IFF cover story, though? You don't think he'd go rogue? You think he'd go along with that? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I honestly don't think that Jamie would... I think Jamie would have to get pulled into that world. Mm, okay, all right. I, so I, I, wrote, I wrote a script as if it were today or close to being today. And I think I think I posted that on my website, and people read it, and I caught a lot of flack for it because. Did you really? Because uh, uh, Kate, Kate and Bru- Amanda and Lee weren't together anymore. Oh, oh that's for yeah. sure. Right you you Amanda. you heard yeah. from the purists. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Say no more. No no. And uh, so, um, but Jamie's not in that world. And, and he gets he kind of gets dragged into it, and, and I think that's how it would have to happen. I don't see him pursuing that on any level. I think he'd have to get dragged into it. So I, I think his cover story would would probably be against his will, so to speak. I think someone would have to give him a cover story, and at some point, you just have to accept it. Okay. And I, now, if you were a spy, Greg, what would your cover story be? I, I can't answer that question. <laughs> He'd have to kill us. You know, I always thought that, uh, I always kind of pictured him being like a photojournalist, you know, uh, going out to like the rural parts of the world and and uh kind of federal film that's what it was international federal film but it was different in the beginning from the beginning yeah. episode sorry so the script the script story that i wrote uh had jamie as a independent filmmaker who oh. had worked and actually been um attached to like news outlets um overseas so that was kind of what, what he was pursuing and I, I i see him i see him actually doing something like that and then like i said being dragged into the uh underbelly of international spidum yeah i i kind of picture it that way too no, the the being out on the road not getting pulled back in though but yeah yeah, or, or a barista at Starbucks, <laughs> one or the other. putting funny uh, names on people's cups or lab tech <laughs> he seems like more the type to be doing something quiet behind the scenes, not out in the Wait, front. Greg quiet? What what? No, Jamie. Oh Jamie. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. He seems like he would have been more like doing a job at IFF that's just behind the scenes. That's so why I was thinking like an analyst, yeah. Yeah, like just not Yeah. He, I don't know. His personality I mean I you're the expert on Jamie, obviously, Greg, but his personality just seemed more like Quiet, um, not wanting to take charge of the situation, more wanting to be a supportive role. If in, you know, if he was involved. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to say. It At that age, <laughs> them pursue. You know, uh, had the had the show continued, it would have been interesting to see which direction they sent Jamie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, there's there's a lot. I mean, even at that age, my own career path. I mean, I, I'm not doing today what, what I ever thought that I would ever do. So a lot happens between, yeah. you know, when you're that age and when you're an adult. So, um, you know, it could be one of those things. I think it's all, I think it's all up for grabs. What's that Beatles uh, uh, lyric where it says, uh, oh, no, it's a, it's, it's a John Lennon lyric. Uh, oh. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Right. right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So not so not Rocky Raccoon. Not rock not Rocky Raccoon, no. Although that's a great song. Great don't make me start singing. I don't have Miranda here to sing along with me, and and then Lexi will get embarrassed. Well, I think you're picking up. I have to go. <laughs> That's Lexi's tune. <laughs> she doesn't like uh, people singing. Okay, so SM Quick question: uh, What's been your favorite fan moment over the past thirty-eight ish years? Uh, honestly, this this podcast ranks pretty high oh. for me. <laughs> That's um, so sweet. You guys are a bunch of psychopaths. And, uh, <laughs> well, I like, get so sweet in the wait a minute. I'm I'm almost at the point where I can clinically diagnose that. But, <laughs> I, I've enjoyed hanging out with you guys uh, or you ladies um, a lot. Guys is fine. You, I think you ladies are awesome. Um, so this this ranks really high for me. Oh, uh, thank you. The uh, Hollywood show that was fun. Was, was, that was yeah, fun. was a lot of fun for me. Uh, in large part because we were because you met me. We <laughs> you uh, know we had some good times sir you can't deny that we had fun absolutely you've been you've been an absolute joy <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> don't make your face like that <laughs> it's, uh, you know i mean each fan event has its own you know great moment um i don't know yeah there's a lot it's, it's kind of hard to Nail it down into one moment. You went to the 25th, right? And then the 30th and 35th? Or did you just go? Because didn't you you didn't go to the first one, I don't think, right? No, I, I missed one with Beverly. Yeah, that was the 20th. I missed that one. And then I think. and Oh, so the 20th and the 25th, I think, then. Yeah. So okay. Because Beverly the, was at the 25th, I think. The 30th. And the 35th. 35th. And then the uh, some of the, or like the Hollywood show. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. The Hollywood show was yeah, great. Yeah, that I, was fun. I, I, there were so I, many I, SMK alum there, you know? Yeah, and we were uh, the headliner for the show, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to meet Mott, which for me was highlight. Stephen Mott. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was so sweet, wasn't he? Yeah. Just, just so genuine and nice. So I've had a lot of fun moments and um, the Hollywood show certainly a highlight for me. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We had some we had some fun making fun of some of the <laughs> the uh, the stars <laughs> that came through. I'll edit this out, but uh, uh, hearing the stories about Eric uh, Roberts, Roberts. Oh my god, <laughs> you got you and off. Bruce hated him. <laughs> Don't edit it. <laughs> How you doing, Mel? <laughs> Eric Roberts, how you doing, Bill? Oh, Bruce did not like him either. It was like you both had like this re- repulsive like reaction when you when you heard he was there, and you were like, "Oh God!" And Bruce was like, "I'm not going over there. <laughs> he can come over here and say hi to me, but I'm not going over there." <laughs> so, I don't know if Lefty and Jen know the the story that I ran into Eric Roberts uh, the the day my dad passed away. Yeah, at the airport, right? Um, I was at the airport. I was I was flying from LAX to Atlanta, and then I was taking a hopper to um, up to North Carolina, where my parents live. And I, you know, I I go into a regular wing of the of the um, airport, whatever. Um, and I had to go clearly the other side of the airport to where all of the really tiny planes are. And it was real early in the morning, and I get there. And there's only one other guy there, and he's walking, he's kind of like shuffling back and forth. And I'm on the phone with my wife, and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm telling my wife, I think this is Eric Roberts, and I think he keeps walking past me so that I recognize him. I wouldn't put it past him. What? Seriously? So, because he just kept like, like walking past me on the cage. Look me. at me. <laughs> so I finally said, if he walks past me again, I'm going to hang up with you so that I get my picture taken with him. Oh. Right? So I go, here he comes, here he comes. So I hang up and I go, hey, are you? And he goes, yeah, I am. He goes, would you like a photo? Sure. <laughs> so I put the phone like this because I'm going to do a you know, a selfie. And he goes, 
up higher so you can see us. So I put it up way up here. So I got this goofy photo of me and Eric Roberts in the Atlanta airport. He's like, how you doing, pal? Oh my god. Oh my gosh. So then when I saw him again, I'm actually looking for the photo. When I saw him again oh my god, at the show, I knew he wasn't going to remember who I was, but I asked him for another <laughs> Did he another do it again? Why well, couldn't he you know that moment where you can't get your photo to like take right away? Yeah. I'm frustrated. And he goes, Hurry, are you gonna take this photo or what? So he flipped around and starts to leave and I took the picture. <laughs> so the photo is actually hit the spine in his face, blurry. He's trying to get away. <laughs> for me, makes the photo. A hundred a million times better. times better. Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, you're gonna have to share that photo. But... You totally have to. <laughs> it would have been like in uh, if it was at the show, then it would have been in like 2008, uh, 2017, April of 17. I'm a guy, we don't ask for directions. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you look adorable, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. He was mad out of shape. God, he was mad. That I don't like those kind of people. That just just, taking you too long to take the photo. That's just like impatient and yeah. I love those kinds of people. Oh, I hate them. I when I when I live rent free in someone's head, (laughs) I'm a happy camper. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I've only had one of those experiences where. Oh, I, you're lucky. You know, I, I I know somebody. I've been out in public, and I know it's an actor. Oh, oh that's a good one. Oh, oh God. Oh, it actually turned out to be the coolest experience. I'll just quickly say because I was out on the Oregon coast, hiking in the caves, looking for agates and rocks, mm. and I see we're in a cave, literally, because you have to get to them a low tide. And if you've been to the Oregon coast, there's tons of rocks you can go get in there at low tide, but then it gets sucked back up by the ocean. So we're in there, and my daughters are goofing around, kind of doing crazy gymnastics with their legs and the, it, uh, on the rocks. Um, and th- this lady just starts talking to them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know her from somewhere. Who is that? I remember this and one. She just, strikes, she just strikes up a conversation. And we're, she's in ratty jeans, holes. You know, just totally comfy sweater with a dog. And it was... Um, Kelly, right? Kelly. Kelly, Ke- Kelly Giddish, who plays yeah. uh, Amanda Rollins on SVU. And the she was, special she was victims camping one. with her husband and her dog. Like, they were just... Oh, I didn't know the husband was there, too. I didn't know that. In an Airstream trailer, just, like, on this wow. big road trip. And they're just, like, talking to us. And I got a picture of her at, uh, with my girls mm-hmm. at, on the beach. She was, just, she was just totally like kicked back, you know, didn't care. That's really nice. That, that she was on this camping trip and it was like, I'm like, okay, you've restored my faith in this group of actors that, you know, you meet and you feel like they don't want to ever talk to anybody or, you know, just be everyday people. But yeah, it was, I, I don't know if I would have in like an airport or something, because I always feel like they're going to be jerks about it, you know, like, well, I don't... you never know what you're going to get. Okay, so I've been doing this a, a long time. I started when we were literally little, and I I mean, pretty. I've been pretty uh, salty my entire life, and so I don't care how big. Only time I've ever been really excited to meet anybody was when I met Michael Jackson. It's the oh, only time yeah. I'm excited. What about Kate? I thought you were really excited about meeting Kate. Well, I mean, that was different. So it wasn't like yeah. That was, you weren't starstruck, was, like yeah. It was. Yeah, it, gotcha. I, mean, I was excited to meet her, but I don't get starstruck. And, yeah. and I'm certainly not going to walk up to somebody and go, oh, can I get your autograph? I just don't ever do that. And so I wouldn't have done that with Eric Roberts either, but he kept walking past me. <laughs> you <laughs> kind of felt like you, like you needed to, to, to help him out, right? Help a brother out. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get, I was looking for that picture too. I'll, I'll find it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would I'll love to see that. <laughs> God, I'll, show you, I'll show you my chill picture with uh, with Kelly Giddish. Yeah, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be this, like, crazy thing. And I know they get accosted yeah. all the time, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think 
uh, like if I was sitting down at a restaurant with family or something and someone came up to the table, I'd be like, um, you know, maybe afterward. Whatever. Right. But, um, yeah. I, I totally could see that happening. Yeah. And you're an actor for crying out loud. Like, take a step back. You're not sure. <laughs> about. Yeah. Mean, yeah. I'm, yeah. You memorize lines. You play make-believe. Okay. You're not that important. Right. So right. I, I've never, but uh, Eric Roberts has been my favorite. <laughs> that one's, that one's <laughs> that, he came, he did, classic. he eventually came over to the table at the Hollywood show oh, yeah. and, and Bruce was like, see, I told you <laughs> I wasn't oh, going to him. Right. He was, it was so <laughs> funny. Hey buddy. Hey pal. You should have yeah. had Bruce do that to him and go, Hey, you want a photo? Like, come here. But hey pal. He was trying to get your attention. You really thought he was trying well, to be recognized. He was absolutely trying to get my attention because he wanted, he, he just, he wanted me to recognize that that's who that was. I guarantee you. There's no other. That's so funny that you picked up on it too, well, you know? The two of us in that section of the airport. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Are you doing, um, Belle? <laughs> uh, what was the first movie you saw at the movie theater as a child? At the at the movie theater, yeah, uh, could be a drive-in. Yeah, the first movie I remember. We used to go to the drive-in a lot, and I remember my parents. I want to say my parents did have a station wagon, and my brother and I used to watch movies on the other screen. I think that I think Grease was the first movie that. Was oh the, wow, that's a good one. The, the first movie that I remember seeing, and I want to say that we may have gone to see Star Wars at the drive-in. Um, I don't remember the first movie that I actually saw in a theater, though. So it couldn't have been that memorable. Do you know, I remember the first movie at the theater that I remember is E.T. That I really remember seeing. I remember E.T. I saw E.T. My mom, my brother, and I went to go see E.T. And then later that year, um, that was the same year that I started acting. And later that year, I got an E.T. Speak and Spell commercial. That's right. Oh. Like the biggest deal that was like, okay, now I've made it. You, you know? made it. Yeah, because I'm in a, in a That was a huge, yeah, that was a huge movie. movie. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I, I remember my first concert. Mm, okay. Yes, at, at the World's Greatest Fair in Springfield, Illinois, <laughs> my cousin and I saw live. I'm getting jealous already. Down? Yeah, we're sitting down. Mm-hmm. All-girl all band Climax. <laughs> what a name. Oh I am not familiar with them. <laughs> K-L-Y-M-A-X-X. Oh, of course. Not triple, not triple X, I'm glad. <laughs> Wow. wow, I don't remember that that band. They must have been uh, super popular. <laughs> Nobody remembers that band. How old were you? Uh, I would have been 13, 12, 13, something like that. Oh, wow. So it was after you moved away. After I moved to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I moved to California when I was six. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I was wondering if it was like we were little, little. No, no, no. I mean, I may have been to a concert before that, but um, not that I remember. I don't remember much of life before California. So. Yeah. Yeah, at that age, that's probably, I think five is pushing it for me <laughs> to remember no. to remember anything. And then mostly it's from pictures, I think. Yeah, so now, now you ladies are going to look up Climax after we get off of this, and they're going to listen to all their, all their hit. As always, Climaxes will elude us, uh, Greg. <laughs> but um bum It was a total joke. Complete joke. Oh, here we go. We got to Man, it was a joke. Whatever. All right. Are there any child actors that you were friends with back in the day that you've stayed in touch with? No. No. So if you called uh, up uh, well, Drew Barrymore, you wouldn't, she wouldn't remember you. She'd remember you, I'm sure. I, I don't think I ever met Drew very more. Um, oh, I thought was it maybe was it Paul that said he? I thought I swear Paul said when we interviewed him, well, you guys. Paul had a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I just assumed you guys would know the exact same people, really, but. No, I uh, I knew um, Corey Feldman a little bit. Um, 
the kid who plays Brown in Deep Neon Jumping Movie. Oh, okay. Uh, I had uh, hung out with him a little bit when he was filming Beauty. Um, I think his name's Jonathan. Oh, okay. I he was. I, I remember. I don't remember him from Indiana Jones. I remember him from Goonies for sure. Yeah. All I could think of was Short Round. I know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he was in. He was. I think Data. In, yeah, Data. Goonies. Yeah. No, I didn't really. I mean, I met Alyssa Milano at a at a uh, at a uh, what do they call them a junction or whatever. You know, a presser for either CBS or for Warner Brothers. Mm. And like, did you have a crush on her? Yeah. Yeah. I think most I mean, of the boys at that age did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, but no, I didn't really, I mean, I, I lived way out in the suburbs and I didn't go to parties and my parents weren't going to let me do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, you know, so I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot of people. Did you watch, did you happen to catch the, um, Soleil Moon Fry, uh, documentary? Oh, um, I yeah, it was really interesting. You might want to give it a watch, uh, Greg. It, she pretty much documented everything through her childhood with videos. And so there's all these kids from, you know, that that era, you know, actors, child actors and things like that, uh, or people that were about to become famous kind of thing. And uh, it was really interesting, very compelling to watch. Yeah. You might want to watch uh, it. Mackenzie Aston. Oh, okay. Aston, yeah. Okay. McKinnon, I was friends with him for a while. What was he um, on? Was he on yeah, anything? Yeah, Slayton Fries, Matt. Um, Mackenzie Aston, I think, started on Facts of Life. Oh, okay. And then... Now I know um, who it... Yeah, now I know who He's still acting. Uh, I know he was on an episode of... Yeah, he still does stuff. I don't... He's on a, a, a regular show, mm-hmm. um, but he still he still acts. Slayton Fries is a mad talented. She, yeah. She was huge... Mm-hmm. I loved her on Punky Brewster. I, I I always liked that show. They they rebooted it recently, but I haven't I haven't seen it. I did watch a little. It must have been in that documentary or something because I watched a little bit of like the beginning of the first episode of Punky Brewster, right. and it reminded me of my childhood for sure. Are you a dog person, a cat person, an I love all animals person, or not really an animal person at all? I would categorize myself as a dog person. I do love all animals. I wouldn't want all animals as pets. I'm not a big cat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife has cats, so I guess I have cats. Do you have, Are they outdoor cats? I don't remember seeing your cats. Uh, they're relatively new. Okay, I was going to say. I don't remember. Oh, Sammy, I remember. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm not a, a hair person all over my clothes yeah that drives me nuts it's it's a huge pet peeve of mine i don't like pet hair you know so that's that's the most frustrating thing for me about cats and dogs Uh, cats also i don't know i i don't mind cats like our cats are okay but um in in a perfect world i wouldn't i wouldn't live in a house with cats but my wife loves them and and you love your wife (laughs) so um, I'm, a, I'm a dog person. I don't want monkeys. <laughs> I agree. I don't or, know that that would great. Now I have to cancel your Christmas present. <laughs> uh, please do. I don't want monkeys. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. One last SMK question. Uh, why do you think this show has endured all the years with uh, the fans? That's a great question. I think um, in my experience, a lot of the fans have been females. Mm-hmm. And I think a large part of that is Kate's just such a great role model. Um, she, her character is such a great role model. Um, you know, she's a she's a single mom. Um, she's a crime fighter. Uh, she's a loving daughter. She's a loving mother. She's a loving spouse or girlfriend. Um, so uh, she's just and and Kate. Kate built a career on being a badass and smart at the same time mm-hmm. at a time when that was difficult to pull off. And, you know, she's drop dead gorgeous. So, you know, she's the, the, the complete package. And I think that still resonates, especially now more than ever, when people are really starting to recognize strong female characters and strong, strong female role models. Um, it doesn't hurt that Bruce Boxleitner's nice to look at. Dreamy. <laughs> He's also, Bruce is also 
just a solid, solid actor too. I mean, it it looks effortless, and you think, oh, okay, well, that's just Bruce, but he's a he's a great actor, mm-hmm. and I don't think he, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And so I, I, you know, he's very funny. He's very strong. He is handsome, but he's also a little goofy at times. And so that combination, I think, was was I think it still resonates with people. Mm-hmm. So and you know the fact that you guys like it and want to talk about it, I think I really think that it's the you know I mean you you tell me why do you think it is you know why do you guys keep talking about it? I think there that there's definitely this chemistry between the two of them because you know you have the Remington Steels of the world, you have the uh, Moonlighting, they all had chemistry right on on film, but it wasn't like this. And I think all the things that you enumerated for, for Kate are accurate. Bruce as well. They they were able to laugh at themselves, but also be serious and also caring and loving. And they still look like they were having a really fun time. And I think for me, it's like, it's just, it was a time in my childhood that just, it was the right time at the right place where it just really molded me into the person that I've become you know like just watching somebody who like Kate that was such a badass you know like you said I mean just I I always try to to be empowering to other women too you know what I mean and I I just I I don't know I think that it's it's like just a special little magic that was captured in those you know four seasons you know yeah of that. I, I want to change my answer. I think the run that was Kate Jackson's youngest son. <laughs> Everything. Was, uh, all of you guys. Everybody was perfectly perfectly picked for that, though, really. I mean, yeah. they really did. You couldn't take, you know, in some shows you can take somebody, a character, you can just kind of pluck them out of the show and plug some other actor into it, and it wouldn't change the show. I really do right. think it would change by taking out any of the factors that are in there. The seven of you just worked yeah i mean when you when you stop and look at the show objectively Mm -hmm. the concept is absurd yeah but they're having fun with it and it works and and you know i think that people are just like you said people watch it and have fun and they they overlook the fact that it's it is so absurd (laughs) and ridiculous that it would never happen that way but but if it did (laughs) But if it did, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 I, you know, they talk about, you know, um, the guy, uh, from a team that played face. I forget his, the actor's name. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. That he was Dirk, Dirk, right? Dirk Benedict. Yeah. Thank you. So he was up for this role as well. And I just, it, it would not, I, I just can't picture it. You know, it just, I don't think it would have been the same. Yeah, and I mean that's the great thing about Bruce is that when you want him to be tough, he's tough, and when you want him to be a little silly, and uh, and soft too, he could be soft too, and and endearing yeah. and, and giving. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's you know he's that, and that's that's pretty rare for a guy that that uh, has those kind of looks. I mean, it's it's you just think that he's kind of a mimbo and he's just <laughs> going to be there and and uh, be the tough guy and. And I, I think he had, he had an interesting range on that show, and um, and I think it works. Definitely, yeah. I definitely don't go back and watch. I haven't watched Remington Steel. I didn't watch it religiously like I did Scarecrow, but I still have. I have no desire to go back and watch that or Heart to Heart or any of those that I used to watch. You know, yeah. throughout that time. But those two aren't really family shows. I mean, there wasn't a family component. That's true. To- Steel. There wasn't a family component to heart to heart. So, yeah. you know, that thing with a lot of you ladies that uh, grew up yeah. watching the from the initial run is that there was a family component that you could, that you could connect to. We could relate to it. That you then grew up with. And yeah, that's true. I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong with Kate Jackson. So. Amen. You're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. We're all, yeah. we're all Kate fans here <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure. All, all four of us, uh, that's we all started out that way is just there's in the fandom there's there's Bruce fans and there's Kate fans there's rarely equal Bruce and Kate fans you know that right. they're like oh I like them both and 
it's always yeah. they're always tend to go toward one or the other and there's a there's a certain personality type and that i've been able you know because i've been in the fandom for <laughs> 20 21 years something like that and it's like there's a certain type of personality trait that it just seems to that i could tell like when i talk to somebody oh that's a kate that's a kate fan or oh that's a bruce yeah. fan yeah well and, and i mean that that makes sense and you know the other thing too is that kate kate was for a long time she was the biggest name in television yeah you know, I mean, yeah you don't charlie I, a lot of people don't understand how influential charlie's angel was and you know when when you, the the initial three ladies that were on charlie's angels were then no longer on the show it's completely different it's yeah completely different. yeah i stopped watching and, after the third season when kate was um, yeah and everyone has their you know everyone that's old enough to remember the show right that show from its first run has their own favorite angel and you know mm-hmm. for a lot of people sabrina duncan was it you know yep. she was yeah she was the, the smart, smart one, one right and, but god i mean she's very very beautiful too mm-hmm. so she hated yeah. it seems like she hated being thought of as beautiful like she just wanted to be like, I'm a good actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, it seemed to be the most important thing where a lot of women were like, oh, I want to be, you know, known as beautiful. Well, and I think that speaks to a lot of, uh, a lot of issues that women have had historically is that Kate is also very, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. So in all your, is that you're beautiful and you want to be serious, be an actor or a producer or, you know, as a smart individual, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it rubs you a little bit wrong, and and you know, I'm I'm I understand this secondhand. You know, I mean, um, but I I can appreciate that that a lot of women um, who are very intelligent want to be viewed for their intelligence and you know what they bring to the table, right? Um, and not just the way they look. So uh, yep. I'm sure that she struggled with that, especially, you know. That time that, frame. Yeah. Yeah. It was blatant back then a lot. I mean, the attitude, especially in the 70s, was still. You know, in the 80s, I mean, yeah. Which is yeah. stupid. So. Yeah. I do have a funny story. <laughs> Speaking of Charlie's Angels, I remember this vividly when I introduced Lexi to scarecrow she was like what is the show and who's in it and i said kate jackson she's just looked at me and i just my my heart kind of cracked a little and i was like you know charlie's angels she goes oh the movies i'm like no there was a tv show she's like oh i don't i don't know i'm not familiar and i'm just like oh my god i'm old <laughs> like it like hit me right then oh man am i old so then i introduced her and then she was like wow this chick is badass and she loved her yeah. since so it's just so funny i i remember standing in her office and and we were both standing there and i was like really you don't know who she is like this breaks my heart do you remember that lex that conversation. I sure do. Yeah. I sure do. Yeah, because look, it's let us here. Yeah, exactly. It was so funny. Good insight, Greg. Last question. When was the last time you felt deeply inspired and why? Wow. It was 1980. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I God, that's such a tough that's such a tough question. That's why we saved yeah. it to the end. And that was a Taya question. So <laughs> oh, thanks. Throw me under the bus. It's <laughs> a good one. So for me, um, a lot of times what happens is that I'll struggle emotionally. And, and actually that's when I, I think I become inspired because when I was a teenager and was in school and getting bullied, um, I needed an outlet that was, uh, creative because just being destructive wasn't something I could do. And, um, so I started writing poetry and, you know, it just, it, it's, it's like journaling, you know, learning in psychology, especially is that you journal and you get these emotions out and you kind of deal with them. And so a lot of times what happens is I feel inspired when I feel inspired, I want to write. And, uh, so if I'm struggling emotionally, I'll sit down and, and I'll write. And I do that from time to time, but it's not, it's not something that it's like, oh, I remember, you know, six months ago, I was really inspired and, and deeply inspired. Like this morning, I went out surfing, mm-hmm. um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, I try and do it every Sunday, 
And um, I like going out and spending a moment in the water, um, whether it's a good surf day or a bad surf day. I like to go out and just kind of feel the salt water all over me. And the sun, you know, today was a beautiful day, so the sun was shining. Um, and it's, it's not an inspiration so much as a moment to recharge. And I, I, I firmly believe in ups and downs. So in, the, the, in accepting those ups and downs. And that, that moments to be like deeply inspired are great. I've had those moments. Um, after my mountain rescue, I was deeply inspired to write about it. Um, I think more so for my own mental health than anything else. David Johnson deeply inspired me to write the book about Scarecrow. He also bugged me a little bit, so I don't know if it was inspiration. David? Bug? What? Uh, um, but, um, and so I've had those moments of deep inspiration, but um, I guess for me, I try and caution myself against relying on those moments where, where I have to be deeply inspired, you know, and, and almost, this is going to sound stupid, but almost appreciate more the stop and smell the roses moments. And, and take those moments to recharge. And then, you know, I was inspired to, to go to school. Um, it wasn't a creative outlet, um, but it was something, my dad had a master's degree, and so I was inspired. I was deeply inspired, if you will, um, to follow in his footsteps. Those are the kind of moments, I know that doesn't really answer your question, I'm kind of rambling. No, it does, it does. I, I try and take it, I try and take it as it comes and have no expectations. I I have found that I am a lot happier when I have fewer and fewer expectations. I get surprised more often and, and I feel like I get inspired more often. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Life is little moments, so it yeah. makes sense that your inspiration comes from those as well. Yeah. I think well, it's also one of the hardest lessons to learn, though, because every when you're young, you're like, I got to I got to go on this big hike to the top of the mountain to have those inspiring thoughts or do this big thing or do that big thing. But then as you're older, you realize how much you interweave into your life and into your day that inspire you to keep going and to do great things. And during the pandemic, for example, we were very limited, but you know, you can do it by walking around the neighborhood in different ways or talking to different people or, but it is, I agree. Yeah, it is those smaller, finding them in the smaller moments in life because those are everywhere yeah you know if you're looking you know if you like you can stop and smell the roses yeah but finding them is part of finding inspiration in your in your life i think if you only find them in the really big things i mean and you still do and i still do it sounds like you do too great but i think you miss out on a lot because those don't come around all the time yeah and and i have learned and it's been hard but um i I have really learned that that I find great joy in celebrating other people. And my kids, talk about inspiration, my kids are are great people and they're very hard workers. And when they have successes, it encourages me to persevere through the struggles, you know, through the downsides that I have. And I really look to them for inspiration. And then when they when they have their successes and and really just participate in, in celebrating those. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm looking for new ways to be inspired. By, my, my wife does a Instagram uh, routine every Friday. She calls it Flower Friday. I like I those. <laughs> yeah, and she just, she celebrates, you know, she smells the Nature, roses yeah. every Friday and, and makes a, a point to do that. And I think that that's, I think that that's really, really cool that, you know, it's scheduled, but there's nothing wrong with that. And she, you know, she takes time out of her week to specifically celebrate those little moments. And I, I think that's inspiring. So there's a lot of it, you know, I think it's different for every person and, yeah. you know, I think it, I think it can change. I've, I haven't always been like this. You know, when I was younger, I was really high strong and, you know, what, what's the saying? I think Mark Twain said that, Youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that's true. I, I've learned a lot, especially the last, you know, since I've been in my 40s. I lost my dad when I was 40 years old. And, and the growth that I've had the last nine years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of getting 
I think this is my, I think the hair is my midlife crisis. It looks really, I really do like it though. I like it longer, which is a, a opposite for me usually. Not the polyester suit, please. You know, I gotta have the, the, no, 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 absolutely no, not, sir. That's the line. That the is line. no, and the gold chains and all. No, no. But how, no. how can it be a midlife crisis if I'm not? Yeah. yeah. No, you just no. 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 <laughs> Stay alive. Stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> you had the nice little bob there oh my goodness all right well on that note on the on the bgs well thank you greg for spending some time answering our philosophical and smk related questions we really appreciate that uh, it's good to get some insight into your how you think and feel you're very welcome <laughs> So you're very welcome. <laughs> yes, thank you, sir. Be sure to join us uh, for the episode that Greg will discuss with us, uh, which is One Flew East. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> My ears are blown out. Yeah, no doubt. End scene.